All right, what's going on, Faith Church? How's everybody doing? Amen. Awesome. So good to see you guys. So excited to be able to be up here and share the word, man. I want to welcome everybody tuning in online. Come on, can we make some noise for them? Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We know you could be doing anything today, so thanks for getting online to hang out. Also, want to welcome Lawrence Berg to hanging out with us, man. So great to be able to be with you. Love you guys and appreciate, man, the honor to share with you. Man, I have not preached in uh, about a month now. I don't know if you guys know this or not. You've heard the cat's kind of out of the bag, but uh, my wife and I have transitioned over the last month. We will now be the uh, Muscle Shoals campus pastors. Come on. Excited. God's not just moving here. And in Lawrenceburg, we're getting ready, man, to to plant a campus, and you're going to be hearing more about that. But as a youth pastor, I preached every week, okay, everybody, every week. And as a preacher, that's good. Uh, But in the last month, I haven't had much of an opportunity. So today, I am fired up to be able to share with you, man, what, what God has laid on my heart. I want to say happy 4th of July. I know, man, uh, you guys are here. You could be out on the water or cooking or doing both at the same time, and you're here in God's house. That means you're truly devoted, and you are real followers of Jesus. So give yourself a hand, right? Uh, so, but, man, I want to say happy 4th. And uh, also, man, just want to take a moment. And, uh, man, I'm so thankful we live in a country where we can, we can experience freedom. Uh, and there are many of you, and there are many of you that have family members and people watching online that you have sons and daughters, or you yourself fought for our freedom. And we want to take a moment and honor you and say thank you for that. That doesn't come lightly. Uh, but ultimately, ultimately, we're here, man, to, uh, to experience the one whose goodness doesn't run out, the one who uh, we don't carry guilt, shame, condemnation. Uh, those things are no longer a part of our life because of the freedom that we have found in a relationship with Jesus. Come on, he is the one that we're here truly to celebrate. So, uh, so, so excited and, and thankful, man, for what the Lord is doing. And so we're speaking of free. I'm just going to say this. This series we've been in, in Hot Rod, uh, that Pastor Steve's been doing, we've been getting some free parental content. All right, some of y'all took home a free book last week. And, uh, but man, I've been taking down lots of notes and I'm a parent and I have three kids. I have an 11 year old who's going on 17. Uh huh. Yeah, that's right. He calls me bruh. I don't even know what that means, but I'm like, I'm your dad, not your bruh. Okay. But, uh, I have an 11 year old and I have two eight year old girls. They are not twins, uh, but they are three months apart. God has a sense of humor. We adopted uh, Sophia four years ago from Medellin, Colombia. And so, man, just love being a parent. Uh, fatherhood's the best hood, come on. And, uh, and so I'm thankful to be able to talk to you today about parenting. I want to say this on the front end I don't have it all figured out, although I act like it or look like it, okay? No, I'm just kidding. That was a joke. All right. But. Come on, we should have some fun in church, right? But, uh, but man, I, I'm thankful for the journey, and I've learned a lot. But I have been a youth pastor uh, for 16 years. Um, I started when I was 18, when I went to college. I had no idea what I was doing, but I preached God's Word, and I love teenagers. I preached God's Word, and I love teenagers. And God's promoted me uh, really over the years just to, to a place, man, where over the last eight and a half years, I've been here at Faith Church as the youth pastor. And so I've learned a lot along the way. And uh, I've got a lot more gray hair because of it. Thank you. And, um, but I've seen some parents who have done it the right way. A lot of you, man, are some incredible parents. you got some incredible kids. A lot of you in Lawrenceburg, you got some incredible kids because you're awesome parents. But I've also seen parenting done the wrong way. And so today, I just want to come and really 
just bring some insight and some direction. This series Pastor's been in is called Hot Rod. And in week one, he talked about the responsibility that we have. Come on, not just as parents, but as believers. And, it, and this is one of the noteworthy comments. I don't know if y'all do this or not, but every time Pastor preaches, I have some kind of note I'm taking. Uh, and he said this in week one. He said, our number one responsibility as a parent is to fuel our kids' faith. Come on, what greater responsibility could we have than to fuel our kids' faith? And he also said that our job is not to be a perfect parent, but a practicing parent. Thank you, Jesus, for the grace. When I don't know what to do, the Holy Spirit will help me in my weakness. Last week, he talked about the order, the framework. And he said our kids need four, four main things. They need to know the knowledge that we have. We, they need to know the knowledge and the experiences that we've experienced. But ultimately, knowledge comes from God. He said we need to have intimacy. We need to have discipline. Thank you, Lord. And we need to have structure as parents. And so today I'm coming and we're going to talk about some direction. And you guys know this. Uh, everybody knows that a car is, most of them, all come with a steering wheel, right? Without a steering wheel, it's just a big piece of plastic, a big engine, and, and rubber, right? A hot rod at least. But if your car, if today you left and we had... Over the service time, the security team went and took your steering wheel. You wouldn't make it very far without it. We all need direction. We all need some steering in our lives. And so today, I want to talk to us about that. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful, man, that our pastor's in this series because it's been so good, really, for me. But when you grab the steering wheel, I just want to say this. It requires two hands, everybody, not one. Okay, some of y'all, y'all grab one, you lean back a little bit. A steering wheel requires two hands. It requires a driver who is alert and aware at all times. It requires someone who's focused regardless of the distractions in the car. Any parents know what I'm talking about. Come on, y'all can smile a little bit. Second service, you got an hour extra of sleep. All right, help me out. So today, man, I just want to give us some content, man, and some things from God's Word that will help us steer and it will help us direct, because uh, I don't know about you guys, I need it. And uh, when it comes to distractions, I'll be honest with you, I'm distracted a lot of times. Anybody else with me? Uh, I'll be driving, and uh, this day and age, while I'm supposed to be driving with two hands, I might be driving with one and drinking coffee with the other. Come on. Or sometimes I'm driving with a knee, and I'm texting and drinking coffee at the same time, right? And so if we're not careful, if we don't have focus and we're not aware and we're not alert it'll cause a collision and uh when when we're driving and we're talking about not driving vehicles we're talking about driving our families steering our families steering our kids in their relationship with god i want to just say this on the front end uh some of the things i got to say today some of you might not like me but just pray for me because i know the holy spirit is giving me a word okay but i'll just say this when it comes to uh, steering a vehicle, thankful for times that we get away with driving with one knee and being distracted. But when it comes to raising our kids to be devoted followers of Jesus, passionately serving God, we cannot afford to be distracted. We can't afford to be uh, allowing someone else to steer our vehicle. We have to be paying attention at all times. Lawrenceburg, we got to be paying attention if we want to really get our kids in the direction that, uh, that God wants them to be. So let me ask this question this morning. Who in here is the designated driver? Everybody's like, well, <laughs> no, I don't mean when your friends 
or somebody you know might be drunk. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you go to Nashville or you're going to the beach or you're going to Birmingham, who's the DD in your family? Come on, the person that's getting behind the steering wheel, right? So here, here I have a theory in my world. If I'm driving, I'm driving. I don't need anybody else's help. Come on, designated drivers. Look, me and my wife had this conversation. Are you driving or am I driving? Do you want to drive? Because I can pull over and you can start. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Or, or backseat. Pastor called them scoundrels last week. All right, we don't need any backseat shenanigans going on. Just sit back there and shut up. I, my theory is sit back there like you're on a Greyhound bus. Shut your mouth. Kids are like, what's a Greyhound bus? <laughs> Literally. And so uh, as we talk about this, I want to introduce a new DD today. It's, a, it's an actual term that you may not know about, but today I want to tell you about it. It's called a distracted driver. Distracted driver. It's a term that, uh, that people use. And, and I want to ask this question. How many of you are honestly drivers that are distracted? Hello? This is a place of honesty. You can wave at me. You get distracted. Cell phones, radio, stereo, whatever you got, coffee, kids. I swear when I'm driving, it feels like my kids decide that they remember my name right then in that moment. Dad, mom, dad, dad. I'm like, I, my, your life is in my hands. Could you please wait? Target's around the corner, right? So we all, man, we all struggle with this, but we all can be distracted. Let me give you some statistics. In uh, 2019, because I don't know if you guys know this or not, 2020, there was a thing called a pandemic, and lots of people weren't out on the road like they were supposed to, like normal. And so 2019 was kind of the last time that the numbers were at a, at a, a normal rate. And so in 2019... 40% of all vehicle crashes that happened in America happened because drivers were distracted. 40%. Scarier than that, or more scary, scarier, all right? 60% of teenage car accidents happened because the drivers were distracted. So I want to ask this question as we kind of get into where I feel like God's leading us today. Maybe as parents, maybe as uh, the people that God has really ordained us since our kids came into our lives, how many of you maybe today would be honest with yourself and say, you know what, I might be directing, steering my kid, but I might be a little distracted. I want to say this to you because not a lot of people will agree with this statement, but I've seen it happen and I, I know it to be true. Um, if you're distracted, mom and dad, your kid's distracted. If there was ever a time in your life where you were on fire for Jesus and you were serving God and you were committed and you were leading connect groups, but now since the pandemic, since things shifted and things have changed and you might have been at first Wednesdays, but now you're not, I just want you to know this, that where you are at as a parent, it is going down and flowing down into your kids. And so today I want to talk to us about how important this is. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, here's what the word tells us. It says, let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. Come on, I'm thankful that there's a race that's marked out. I'm thankful that the plan is already put in place. Here's what it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Come on, we have a destination. We have a goal. We have a place that we're trying to get to. But the reality is sometimes we get distracted. Sometimes we go from being alert and aware to getting distracted, and we lose sight. And when we lose sight, I hope everybody will just agree with me. If you don't, that's okay. Just nod your head, and I know you are. When we get distracted, the people around us that we love most get distracted too. And so here, I just want to 
Maybe, maybe you're here today and, and, and you forgot what your destination is supposed to be. That's okay. That's why there's grace and mercy. That's why it's available to us. There's always time to get back right. There's always time to get back on track. There's always a moment because of what Jesus did for us where we can say, you know what? I am not steering in any direction. I'm not steering in the right direction. But today, I want to get right back on the path. Come on. Anybody else want to get back on the path? So this whole, this whole series has been built around Proverbs chapter 22. I want you to see this passage with me. And today, I want to give it just some new content for us. Here, here's what... Um, Here's what Proverbs says as we get ready to share this. It says, direct your children onto the path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. Steer your kids onto the path. Just want to stop a minute right here and just remind everybody. I'm also reminding myself, again, I'm telling you all, I don't have this thing figured out. All right? But when Jesus said that there was going to be some pathways. He said one was going to be wide and lots of people will follow it. And that's an easy life. But he said that there's a narrow way that leads to eternal life. Few people find it. And I just want to tell you, it's going to be difficult. It's not going to be easy. It's, it's not popular to be the parent that has two hands on the steering wheel all the time. It's not popular to be the individual that in your life, not just parents, I'm talking to everybody today, that you're someone that you're alert, you're aware, and you're focused on the purpose and the destiny and the direction for your life. It's not popular, but Jesus said that if we want to get to the path, we want to get to where God's calling us, we got, we got to steer it. But in this passage, it says for our kids, when, when they grow older, if we're directing them the right way, they will not leave it. And I'm thankful for that promise. Today, I want to just say one thing to you. I want you to write this down or keep this in your heart. We can never steer our kids toward Christ until we first surrender to Christ. Look, I, I, I know that's, again, I told you some things I got to say. I got to say them. just need you to pray for me this morning. But some of you, man, you, you're fond of church and you're a fan of Jesus, but you're hoping your kid works out and he loves the Lord and she loves God and they're committed to the Lord more than you ever thought about. I'm going to tell you something. If you're not surrendered to Christ, your kid won't be. If you're, if you're not surrendered to Jesus, all we're doing, man, we're coming here, we're drinking coffee, we're having the services, and we're leaving, and there's no change. But if you say first and foremost as a parent, as someone says, God gave you to me as a gift, my primary responsibility is to steer you, young man, young lady, on the path. It might be a grandparent in here today. Your primary responsibility is to make sure if, you're, if the kid's parents aren't doing it, that you're stepping in. Our responsibility is to make sure that they're on a path that leads to Christ, that leads to God. So today I want to ask this question because I can't answer this for you, but I'd like for you to answer it for yourself. Who's steering the direction of your family? Who's got the steering wheel in your home? Who, who's steering and directing the course of your family? Because I just want to say this. Listen, mom and dad, if you don't have a hold of the steering wheel, somebody does. If you're, not, if you're not aware and alert, y'all hear that word I just came up with, alert? Come on. Listen, we should, this should be a place where we can have some fun, right? Listen, Florence, Lawrenceburg, we should, be able, we should be the funnest places in the whole city. I'm just here to tell you, I have fun coming to church and worshiping Jesus. Come on. All right. If, if we're not aware and alert, 
to the conditions of our kids, the condition of our home, I promise you someone has got a hold of that steering wheel and they're directing. It might be your kids' friends. My mom used to say, I'm watching you with two eyes and the eyes in my back of my head. Y'all know what I'm talking about. My mom and dad are here, by the way. Come on. Love y'all. Might be some of your kids' friends that are steering them. It might be some of your kids' friends' family members that are steering the direction of their life. But today I just came. Maybe, maybe this is just a reminder. Maybe today it's a wake-up call. But as parents, this is our responsibility is to steer them. You know, I, I say this. I, prom- I put in my notes, don't get in the flesh. But I just want to say something. The day and age we live in, some of you parents, you don't even have a hold of the steering wheel. Your kid does. They're telling you where to go. They're telling you how much to spend. They're telling you what the plan is. And you're hoping that somehow, some way, that's going to work out. I, I love you enough to say this because I've worked with teenagers for years. I'm going to say it. When they turn 15, they get a permit to drive. They don't get a permit to parent. And you say, I don't know if I agree with that, Pastor Ron. I don't know if you, I don't know if I really can agree with what you're saying. I'm saying your kid's driving you to travel ball every weekend instead of church. Your, kid, your kids are driving you to the next fad, the next big thing, the thing that their friends are dri- or the thing that their friends have that they want, and we're selling ourselves and we're giving up our, our, um, our responsibilities and we're giving up our commitments so that our kids don't feel left out so we can keep up with the Joneses. But the word of God says, what does it profit a man, a woman to gain the whole world if they lose their soul? That's what the word says. Listen, I'm a, I'm a parent. My son plays travel ball. I love, I love to watch Dalton make a three-point basket. But I'm going to tell you something else. I love watching Dalton worship on, on first Wednesdays more than ever than I would ever watch him be successful in a sport. I, lo- I love that my daughter loves to go to dance recitals and we practice throughout the week and we're, our car's just like yours. We're running all over the place all the time. But I can't afford to be running all over the place all the time and my family not know the primary responsibility in our home is Jesus because he's the author and the perfecter and the finisher of our faith. That's my responsibility. It's not yours. It's not the coach's responsibility. It's not the teacher's. It's my job to grab hold of the steering wheel. And so today, man, I just want to continue to encourage us. When, uh, when, when I start to think about the responsibility I have, I just... I know everybody, you hear us say this, and I'm not just talking to parents with teenagers. I'm talking across the board. But our kids are the future leaders of the church of Jesus. So let me just say this to you, and I'm going to just step out a little bit. Nobody has to tell me I need two hands on the steering wheel. Nobody has to tell me that that his or her future and purpose and destiny is in my hands as far as I direct my family. The Holy Spirit's doing everything. The, the, whole, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and, and the leadership in my life and the influences in my life, they're helping me steer. They're giving me accountability because it's important. It's important. And we've got teenagers in the house today that are serving God. They're serving in kids' ministry. They're living for God. Come on, give them a hand. They're in here, <clears throat> they're in here worshiping God, and, and you're going to be world changers, and you're going to change change your schools, and God's got such a plan for them. I'm so thankful that we have a great student ministry, but they also need parenting, and they need steering, 
and they need directing. They gotta have it. They gotta have it. And so I wanna just continue on, man, today as we look at this. I, I typed in Google, y'all know the place you can go and get some answers, right? I typed in, what's a good driver? And what Google told me is a good driver is someone who is alert, someone who's aware, and someone who's focused. And I thought, man, what better thing could we be as believers as it pertains to our kids is parents to be alert, aware, and focused. I want you to hear this passage of scripture. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, stay alert. That's not my words. It's God's words. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Because he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Looking for someone. Now, I'm going to read just a little bit more right here. Here it says, I'm going to read it right here. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. I want to just say a couple of things right here as I share this passage. If, if we don't as parents, as, if we don't as grandparents, if we don't as family, you might not be a mom or dad, okay? You might not, might not be there yet, but you've got family and you've got people and you have influence. If we don't direct, if we don't direct our families, the enemy will distract. If we don't steer, listen to me, if we don't steer a direction towards Jesus, the enemy will steal. If, if we don't sense it, the enemy will sow it. He, he's after us. And look, mom and dad, you say, I'm good. My relationship with Jesus is good. That's awesome because if it's good for you, the enemy's coming after your kids. And some of you can probably get up here and give testimony that there was a time in your life where you were good, but your kid went through a battle, your kid went through a valley, and you got down in the valley and helped them, but you never made it back because the enemy got you in that moment too. It's a reality. We're in a battle. He doesn't want us to have hope. He doesn't want us to have future. He doesn't want us to be focused. He wants us to be distracted. He wants us to be on our phones, looking down at all times, not being alert, not being aware. Because what the enemy loves more than anything is to see God's people have crash collisions in this world. That's for free. That wasn't even in my notes in the first service. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. He wants to see you fall flat on your face because when you fall flat, Everybody's watching there going, if they really love Jesus, if they really serve God, then that wouldn't happen. But that's why it says for us to go with perseverance and keep our eyes fixed. Perseverance means I don't stop. Distractions may come. Difficulty may come. There might be some things in my life where I get off course, but I don't stop because I'm moving forward. I know the direction that I'm called to go. So what should we do? Maybe that's where you're at today. What should I do, PR? What's your, what's your advice? You've done this whole thing off, right? What should I do? Let me just say this. Stay alert and keep watch. We'll break that scripture down. That's what he says. Stay alert and keep watch. What do you mean? I don't mean just with your physical eyes. I mean with your spiritual eyes, mom and dad. It's, listen, if there's a parent in here, your kid wants to go ride their bike, your kid wants to go run around the neighborhood, I promise you, you're alert and you're focused when that happens right? We just moved into a new neighborhood in Muscle Shoals. Our kids wants, wants to ride around the neighborhood, get to know people. I'm down with him getting to know people, but I'm also alert and aware that everybody's home is not like my home, and inside everybody's house is not, they don't do things like we do things inside my house. So I'm alert and I'm aware to what's going on. I pay attention to their phones. Hello? I pay attention to what's in the 
in the hiding places on the phones. That's because I was a youth pastor. And I know where all that stuff's at, right, Ty? Come on. <laughs> I'm alert and I'm aware. But it's not going to do me any good just to be in the physical. Oh, no, because when we gave our lives to Jesus, we become spiritual beings. We have to be aware in the spiritual realm. Man, my kid looks like they're not going after God with the passion and the zeal that they once was. I need to lay hands on them. I need to pray and ask God, whatever's going on in their life, God, will you fix that? Holy Spirit, will you change that in them? Come on. It's that moment for us whether we believe it or we don't. We either believe in this Bible and this Jesus thing and that he is the hope and he is the future or we don't believe it. But we can't just look in the physical and go, oh, they're good. They look cute. I mean, I look at my son. I'm like, that dude's handsome because I am. Sorry, just kidding. There you go, just some laughter. But I got to look at him and go, he's down and out today. Somebody said something to him. But I have authority because of what Jesus has done. I have authority to cast that off of him. I can look at him and I can say, you are more than a conqueror. Who cares what he said? Who cares that you struck out? Who cares that you airballed or you turned the ball over? That's why we serve God, because there's, he's a God of second and third and fifth and tenth chances. But I'm going to be the one to steer the, the wheel. I'm going to be the one to guide that. And as a parent, just a challenge for us today. We got to stay alert. We got to stand firm. I, I, I mentioned a little bit, but that's what the word says, not my words. Stay alert, keep watch, but you better stand firm. You do know that the same power that raised Jesus, mom and dad, you have that same power to parent your kid. Hello? You got, you got the ability to stand firm and, and in worship when we're singing about the goodness of God and the, the power of the Holy Spirit comes over you and you're thankful and you're grateful and tears start coming down your face. Listen, the enemy don't want you to be in that moment because that's when you start fighting with weapons that are not of this world to break down strongholds. That's why when we get in worship, man, I'm jumping and shouting and screaming and slobbering. Because <laughs> I'm fighting for myself. Because when I fight for myself, I'm fighting for my family. That's my responsibility. And so today, I want to encourage you that you don't just have to stay alert in the physical and spiritual, but you can stand firm. Last time I checked, the score is 1-0. and Kingdom of God reigns forever. Jesus conquered sin and death forever we're winners because of what Jesus did not because we go to faith church not because Pastor Steve is our lead pastor and he's awesome and amazing because of what Jesus did we're winners and then he says this this is going to be the controversial moment here stay alert keep watch stand firm and then he says be strong in your faith can I ask you, mom and dad, what are you doing right now to get stronger in your faith? Going to church? Serving every now and then? Some of us spend more time getting stronger, taking care of our physical physique, dieting. Some of us spend more time making money and working for a goal that the Word says one day everything that we buy is going to turn to moth and rust. But if I work on me and I work on my spiritual man and I, I'm trying to fix the stuff in me that needs to be fixed and I'm asking the Holy Spirit in my weakness, God, help me out. When I start growing spiritually, can I say something to you? That passes down to your kids too. Come on. 
If you'll find a way to grow spiritually in your relationship with God, let me just tell you something, mom and dad, I've seen it. I believe it with all my heart or I wouldn't be up here saying it. If you'll grow, your kids will grow. If you'll get on fire for Jesus, it might take a minute, okay? They're stubborn. They got a lot of stuff going on, a lot. If you get on fire for God, they will too. Grandma, granddad, remind them every day. You're bought with a price. You have purpose and destiny. Look them in the face. Tell them you're going to be a world changer. Come on. That's what it's all about. We got to stand firm. We got to be strong in our faith. I'm almost done. The greatest influence in your kid's life, guess who it is? It's you. You're the greatest influence. And I do believe that that was God's design and God's purpose. Lawrenceburg, I believe that. Mom and dad, you are the greatest influence in your kid's life. Do they have other influences? Yes, they do. I'll say this. I said at first service, someone came and was like, did you actually go do that? I, I did not do this, so let me clarify. But two years ago, I sat down with Pastor Steve and I said, hey, I don't want to be your full-time youth pastor anymore. I want to be a part-time bivocational youth pastor because I'm going to go to school and I'm going to go get my teaching certificate because coaches and teachers actually spend more time with the kids than I ever get to. So if I want to go be a real influence, I need to go get in the school system, have real impact. And some people will say, well, listen, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, here's the reality. At best, in our youth ministry, we get them an hour or two hours a week. Some coaches get them, get them that in one day. Most teachers, if you're a teacher or a coach in this room, look, there might be some grounds that you can't, that you can't cross, but I remember there were some times in my, when I was in school that I had a teacher that when I needed to talk about some Jesus stuff, I went in there and talked to her about some Jesus stuff. You don't just, don't just limit yourself. Be of influence and impact. But I just, I'm telling you, the greatest influence that we could ever have in our kids' life is coming from you, mom and dad. That's the way that God intended. I want to prove this to you because I, I found this on a website uh, called Relevant Ministry, uh, a website for parenting teens and kids. Here's, here's a, a really a, a challenge for us. Between 10th and, 10th and 12th grade, ages uh, 15 to 18 years old, 1% of the teenagers who said that my parents have little importance to religious or relig religion uh, by their mid-20s, 1% of them were still pursuing a relationship with Jesus. 1%. Out of 100, 1% of them. They said my mom and dad didn't really do the whole Jesus thing. You ready for the next percentage? 82% of kids who said my mom and dad were involved in church, they were actively having me at church, and they talked to me in our homes about Jesus. 82% of them in their mid-20s were still serving Jesus. The greatest influence... The greatest influence is mom and dad. It's you. The greatest influence. You say, well, I think it should be the church. I think all I got to do is drop them off and they'll figure it out from that point. No, our job is to equip the saints to do the work. Our job is to support parents so that you can lead your kids. So you can. Will we pray with you? Absolutely. Will we fan the flame? Absolutely. But it's your responsibility to steer them. Studies show this. I'm getting ready to close. Kids who grow up to follow Jesus 
they have parents who prayed with them at home. Prayed with them. I don't mean, dear Lord, you are nice. Thank you for this rice. Amen. I'm talking about prayed with them. You had a rough day today? Somebody hurt your feelings? Father, in Jesus' name, whatever came against them today, God, I pray that they'd just hear your voice. They'd know you have a plan for their life. Come on, that you pray with them. Kids who follow Jesus, their parents prayed with them. I'm going to ask this question. How many of you are praying with your kids right now? I, I said this earlier. My son was in here, and I looked at him. I almost started crying, so I think I'm going to make it through this. <laughs> but last first Wednesday, we had here in the house of God. Come on, it was amazing. I still, I don't, I don't, I'm not getting paid to say this, so I'm just going to say it. I don't understand why more people don't come to our first Wednesday services. We're in worship a little longer. Pastor Steve is freed up uh, really from, from time constraints. And man, we just go after God. There's encounters. His presence is in this place. And uh, I was praying with one of my best friends, his kid. I just, God gave me a word. I was praying for him. And the Holy Spirit said to me, God, God spoke to me. How many of y'all believe the Holy Spirit still speaks? Come on, he spoke to me and he said, why would you pray for another man's kid like that and not pray for yours? So I got up from my seat and I come up here and me and my son had one of the best moments that I've had in his 12 years. Just, just to see God move and to have that moment of praying and I just made a commitment. I'm going to pray with him more. It's awkward for me. I'll be honest. I, I, I tell people, me and Pastor Ryan talk about it. I can, I can lead a lot of people and I can talk to a lot of people about Jesus and encourage a lot of people. But I have a hard time when it's my kid. If I have a hard time, I can only imagine that you have it. But the truth is, you are designed to steer your family. You are designed and created to, to direct your kids' lives. And so I want to ask that question. How many of you are praying? If you're not, I want to encourage you to start praying. Kids who grow up to follow Jesus, I'm going to run down this list, uh, are, are have, kids who grow up to follow Jesus have parents who reads God's word with them at home. Not just the Christmas story and the Easter story, but they read God's word. Pastor Steve challenging our staff and really just talking about it last week. On Mondays, they have a family devotion time. Man, I need that. I need to do better. We need to start reading God's word uh, Here's something I said, let your kid catch you reading the Bible and taking notes outside of church, and that will stick. They cannot unsee authenticity. They can't. And here's the next point. Uh, kids who grow up to follow Jesus have parents who live authentically. You are who you say you are at church, outside of church. What you talk about in front of church people is also what you talk about in front of lost people. Hello? Hello? It's important. You say, man, my kid, they, I, they're acting, uh, acting crazy. Well, what are you acting like? Just a question. I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, myself. They're going to follow authenticity any day. You know why? Because you follow authenticity. You're drawn to people who are real. What better place for a kid to find someone who's real? I hurt. I make mistakes. I should do better. I shouldn't have talked to your mom that way. I shouldn't have got angry like I did. I, you do get on my nerves. I can't stand you sometimes, but I love you with all my heart. And the reason I love you is because God first loved me. <laughs> Just be real. And they're going to follow Jesus. Oh boy, Ty. Kids who grow up to follow Jesus have parents who take them to church consistently. They take them to church. 
Here's what I said. Church isn't optional, it's optimal. It's not an option whether we're going to church in my house. You're going to be at church. And I'm also going to hope and pray that you're leading out in church. Because I want, I know, I know, I want to see your hands, parents, but I want kids that are going to change the world. I want my kids to be kids that are in the school system that other kids want to follow and want to be around. I want my kids to be, I want there to be something about them that draws other kids to our house, to the environment that we have so that we can be in control of the environment. I'm fun. I have a lot of fun all the time. Come hang out with me and guess what? You're going to get some Jesus on you. That's the kind of parents God's calling us to be. And that's my heart this morning. If you're not that, there's grace. It's grace to get that. It's available to all of us. If you've lost sight, if you've got distracted, praise God. We can get undistracted. We can get focused. We come here to get focused. We come here to get fired up. We come here to get refueled. Kids who grow grow up to follow Jesus have parents who are actively serving and involve their children in serving. These are not my words. This is a statistic on a website. But this is my word. Parents who serve with their kids save their kids. I've seen multiple parents in the years of ministry that I've been in get on a plane and go overseas to a third world country and serve with their kid. And I also have seen those very same kids get on planes and say, I'm committing my life to full-time missions because of that moment. Come on, we need more parents serving on our serve days and we need more kids wearing them red shirts. If I'm, in, if I'm out in town and I see a, a, a fifth grader or I see a second grader or I see a high school senior serving and I see someone that looks like their parents, I wanna know what's that church got going on. I'm coming to figure it out. Come on. We serve with them, we're gonna save them. As I get ready to close, personal thoughts. You've been in youth ministry a long time. What are some things that you can help, you can say to me to help me? Three things and I'm done. Here it is. You can look at them. Look at them. You say, what do you mean? I mean, get off of this, looking down all the time. I got this person. I got to go, this appointment. I got this going on. Hey, I got to figure this out, figure that out. Just put it down and look at them. And say, what do you need? What do you need me to be today? How can I serve you? How can I help you? Look at them. Hey, you, you created them. Enjoy it. Look at them. Have conversation with them. Look, here, here's something. Look past their mistakes. Some of you, you can't, you can't push your kid forward because you're too busy thinking about what they did. Hey, newsflash, God's not concerned with what you did, so you don't need to be, you don't need to be held up by their mistakes. God says you got a plan and, 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 and he's moving you forward. It's time to start moving your kids forward. Look at their, look past their mistakes, look forward to their future. Number two, listen to them. They talk a lot, I know. Mine do. If you've been around my kids, they talk a lot, right? Listen to them. Listen to what? Hear what's hurt them. What's hurting you? How can I help you not hurt? You've got to ask that question to get a real answer. You've got to look at them and ask that question. Hear what brings them joy. Come on, I want to know what excites them besides a toy from Target. Hello. What brings joy into your life? Hear what some of their concerns are. Because there's a lot of concerns, right? Any parent that's got kids, our kids have concerns. Why is everybody at home 
wearing masks out in public? Why do we not agree with each other? Why is there, why do white people and black people and mixed people and whatever, why are they all fighting all the time? Why can't we just love? They have concerns. And if you don't answer their concern, listen to what I'm telling you. Someone will give them an answer. And you might not like the answer. And you might not like the direction it steers them. So God's given you and me, all of us, he's given us an opportunity to look at them, to learn from them, to listen to them, learn their language. Y'all do know they have a different language these days, right? Right. Lit is not light a fire, the fire was lit. Lit means that was awesome. That was lit, right? I hope y'all get in your car and go, man, that was a lit message. That's, that's their language, right? Goat today, goat is not a thing out in the yard that goes, man, goat is the greatest of all time. That's what it means. But it would do you some good, mom and dad, to have some conversation, learn some stuff that they're into, maybe get into some technology. I, I told the first service, I hope you still love me, but kids don't want to play checkers anymore. Grandparents, learn some of the stuff they're doing. What do they like? Because when you learn that, you're building relationship. When you learn that, that's, that's taking you forward. It's taking together, it's taking you forward. Two things, learn the pressure they feel. Y'all do know our kids are under the work, more pressure than we ever thought about being under parents. Come on, they're under a lot of pressure. Pressure to be, pressure to do. It's our job to say, man, don't allow that stuff to hold you back. Allow that stuff to, cat, to catapult you, man, into what God's called you to be, who God wants you to be. Learn the insecurities. Dads that have girls, been in youth ministry a long time. Your daughter has insecurities. It's your job. Granddad, it's your job to look at her and say, you're beautiful. You're bought with a price. What he said, what they said, what the internet bullies are saying about you is not what you need to listen to. Your dad knows who you really are. Ultimately, our Heavenly Father says something greater about you. If we don't fill that void of insecurity, I want to say this, and I I'm, I'm, I'm promise I'm going to be done. Someone will fill that void. Some little boy will swoop in and tell your little girl what she really is worth if you won't. Come on, it's not a popular message. I told you, but it's important. We got to look at them. We got to listen to them. We got to learn from them. All of this, all of this, and I'm done, is to, to steer our families in the direction God's called us to steer them. And ultimately, that's going to come when we're aware, we're alert, and we're focused. That's what I want for my life. That's what I want for my friends and my church family. Every one of us say, man, I got both hands on the wheel. I'm aware. I'm paying attention. The enemy might try to rob and steal, but I've got the authority in Jesus' name to cast that out. It's my job. Listen, any parents in the room, you just say, hey, I'm ready to direct. I'm ready to get back on path. I'm ready to get back on course. Anybody in Lawrenceburg say, I'm ready to start steering my family in the right direction. Come on, anybody in this room right now, I want to pray for us. Father, we ask you in Jesus' name, God, to help us where we need help. God, Holy Spirit, come 
and move in our lives and in our families, in our circumstances and in our stories in a way that would bring glory and honor to you. Father, thank you for the incredible opportunity and privilege and honor it is to be parents or to be grandparents or to one day maybe parent ourselves. God, thank you for that privilege. Lord, I pray that as we do it, Lord, if we make mistakes, thank you for grace to fix it. But Lord, I pray as we do it, Lord, we would do it in such a way that we would steer our family onto the path. And God, that when they grow old, our kids will not depart from it. And only you can help us with that. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.